0: Today on Operation Limbo Show, we have the extreme honor to talk with Ms. Denise Druce. I said that correctly, didn't I? You did, yeah. Awesome. Denise is the owner and creator of such things as uh, Yoga Asset Teacher Training and Yoga Forward and much more. Denise is a speaker, trainer, and graduate of Utah State University. I got all that correct, I hope. Well,
1: Utah <laughs> State University undergrad, go Utes for my graduate.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, additionally, Denise has a very interesting TEDx talk that we've had the pleasure of watching here, so I'm going to encourage her to give us the how to find that later, and you can watch that online for yourself. And she has a great program helping women and men in the prison system through her passion of yoga. Denise and her team use yoga as a delivery system to teach mindfulness, empathy, and discovery of purpose. So we're excited to talk with Denise today about what she's doing with her programs, what she's doing with her clients, and exploring the fields of self-confidence and mastery and flow and her experience with yoga and helping people with that. So Denise, welcome to the show, and we're sorry if we caused you too much stress today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for being here.
2: The crowd goes wild over here. So hey, let's kick this thing off. I've got a yeah. couple of questions for Denise. And I want to, I want, I want her to expound a little bit because I really enjoyed the TEDx uh, delivery, mm-hmm. and I love the passion behind what you're doing. But I want to know why the prison system for your yoga program. Where did that come from? Tell me a little bit about why you decided that that audience was where that passion should go. Let's talk about that.
1: Okay, it's my favorite question, I'm glad we started with it. Um, My mentor once said, if you want to know where to serve in the world, go to your wounds. Go to where you've had pain in your life, and that's where my wounds are. My dad spent 15 years in the Utah State Prison when I was a kid, and um, just visiting him there was so painful for me, And, and I was embarrassed about it. I didn't even talk about it. Most of my close friends in high school didn't know um, I, and so it wasn't until he passed that I started talking about w- that he had been there. And um, he struggled with addiction his whole life. And so once he passed, I realized that's where I was being called to go back and serve. And mm-hmm. I started out just going, there is no way. I am not going back there. And y- as things go, one thing led to another. And I volunteered to teach one yoga class to the women. Okay. And that's I talk about that in the TED Talk, but it's that one class that just turned my whole world around and I just, I saw them. I just saw them through eyes that I think only I could see them through. And um, one thing led to another and we created a yoga teacher training program in the prison.
2: Okay, so you, you say, I saw them.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but
2: (laughs) so you're looking at that whole thing through a little bit different lens right because you've had some personal experience with that but obviously they had to see you right in order for this to really take off for them what do you think they experienced that made them want to as Brad had said gain mindfulness gain empathy gain a sense of purpose I mean if you are incarcerated and you just don't have a lot of hope, yeah. except for five more years, right? <laughs> How does that sense of purpose come out from yoga and why yoga?
1: Okay, I think there are three questions in there, but I wanted to yeah, that say that was a big one. <laughs> unpack
2: it. Feel free to unpack
0: yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: I love the first piece of that. What did they experience? I think they felt seen. Okay. I think they they felt immediately that someone was there seeing them as human beings and individuals. I get emotional about this, so um, I'll do my best to hold it together, but um, okay. they don't get seen as individuals in that environment. They're a number. Mm-hmm. They're a number and a last name. Mm-hmm. And so in that very first, I mean, yoga unravels you. Yeah, I. In my experience of 20 years of teaching yoga, yoga is about taking off layers of who we think we are, taking off layers of who people in our life think we're supposed to be and finding like who that is beneath that. And I think those women in that first class felt that I was seeing that in them. I was seeing possibility and, and potential and, and just humanity in them. So, that's, so then I think they began to trust me as a teacher.
0: hmm yeah. And if and if I, Bill, I had a question. oh Bill's got one, go ahead, Bill.
1: Yeah, can you can you hear me okay?
0: Do we, yeah, yes, I we think we're good. You. We're yeah. good.
3: Okay, so so Denise, um, you and I have a similar background, where a majority of all my family grew up in the system, and and still to date, a lot of them do. Um, so I have quite a bit of experience in that world. You know, we talk about yoga. I, I mean, I have a little bit of experience at one time at an Olympic event. Um, one of the uh, things that we got to choose to try to do was was yoga. And it was funny because you took all these big bobsled guys that were like, yoga is so stupid, right? Um, I, I got my butt kicked that day pretty good, uh, which is pretty pretty amazing. but you know when when you talk about yoga the way i think about yoga too it's a really good way to truly connect yourself to yourself Mm -hmm. right and 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 people it is what it is that are in the system tend to like lose that connectivity to themselves and they've lost themselves so i mean if you want to talk about a little bit about that maybe and and correct me if i'm wrong what you're doing for these people in the system is truly helping them to reconnect with themselves find value in themselves to realize that they are still great people and they still have hope even while they're in this dire situation of being locked up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard the quote, yoga is the journey of the self through the self to the self. And that's what I hear you saying, Bill. And so uh, what better use of your time if you're incarcerated than to like discover who you are? Um, My best example of how yoga does this, I speak about this in the TED Talk. A woman that I worked with is serving a life sentence. And I remember the moment when she, she got one of the principles of yoga, which is, in this moment right now, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Right now, we can all say that. As hard as it is, as great as it is, it all comes together like you were brought here for a lot of reasons and here you stand. And when we can stand in our own footprints and say that I'm where I'm supposed to be, now what? Now what am I gonna do with that? And I watch this little five foot tall woman say, I'm I'm gonna continue fighting my wrongful conviction and while I'm standing here, I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna do the best I can. There's a revolving door. These young women are coming in and out of here. I'm gonna serve them. This is my purpose, and I think that goes back to your question too about how yoga points us to our purpose. When you stand in your own footprints, you just know this is why I'm here. Did I answer your question? <laughs>
3: yeah, absolutely thank you very much
2: I, I think that was very well said and yeah. I, I'm not trying to dominate the mic here, but no, i want no. I want to point something out that um, so obviously we, we've got super giant men like <laughs> like um. Bill here, but one of the things that uh, I've heard, and I love your recent quote, was that, you know, let's compare yoga to bodybuilding, right? They're both they're both something that you choose to do. I've heard this quote, and I love it, and I want you to ex- maybe help expound on that, is bodybuilding changes you from the outside in. From working on your outside, you develop attributes, internal attributes that that help, mm-hmm. but yoga, Develops you from the inside out. <laughs> so, talk about that for a second. Why?
1: Well, I oh, that we could go so deep on that one. I think they're both true. I think they're. I think physical fitness in general is another doorway to yourself. Yeah. You know the discipline and the, the structure of working out itself is is just so powerful. Hmm. Um, I, I, I. This is in my mind, so I'm just gonna say it. Are you a soul with a body or a body with a soul? And so yoga, although in the West, it's very much about the physical body. It's about flexibility and strength and balance in the West, but it's designed to point us to that bigger self, right? That true self, that authentic self. So I don't know if that's outside or inside, um, but I do know that what you see today, Uh, You know, I'm a female, I drive a white car, I have three boys, I call myself a yoga teacher. At my essence, that's not really who I am. Who am I really? I'm a person who, I'm here to lift people up. I'm here to elevate experience and conversations and humanity. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just look like this now. And regardless of how many muscles I put on or don't, I'm still that. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Very well
1: said.
0: That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to chime in on that a little bit. You know, as a from the martial arts perspective, we I always look at it as martial arts is simply the vehicle, right? It's just like I look at yoga as the vehicle to get where you want to go, right? And there's that internal part. You've got to tap into the internal part before you can make the external part everything that you want it to be and from my perspective and experience and I I, although I'm not a yoga practitioner I very much respect everything that you do because of the mindfulness breathing the way you could all the things that yoga does that that like what you do with endurance racing it's the same thing you have to learn to regulate your nervous system you have to get in touch with what you do going through special forces being an Olympian if you can't do that at a high level you can't perform physical skills at a high level you have to be in touch so whether you use yoga or martial arts, be a Green Beret or an Olympian, I think it's all the same thing personally, and that's why I think that what you're doing is so cool, especially in the prison systems and and getting people to get in touch with that.
1: Well, thank you, and I would love to suggest that you try this on. I'm not a yoga practitioner yet.
0: <laughs> okay. If
1: I do my job, everyone on this planet will be doing, not just doing yoga, but living the principles of yoga, and it sounds like you are, through the martial arts, that, sure. all of the things you just talked about, but we're in the schools. We're working with our BIPOC community right now. We're working with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get yoga far and wide because it is so helpful for anxiety mm-hmm. management, for stress regulation, for sleep. You know, so many people are struggling with sleeping, um, with obviously physicality, but there's so many benefits that.
0: Absolutely. They run far and deep. Yeah. They run far and deep for sure. Yep. Bill, I'm sorry. I, I caught something out of the corner of my eye. Were you asking a question, Bill? No? No, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Sal, how about you? Yeah, so I, I got a quick question. And this is more of a reflection of looking at myself.
4: <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Which we all try. Yeah, yeah probably, don't look but... at me. <laughs> Um I agree. I think my biggest motto in life is the best way to serve yourself is to serve others. I really believe that. But one of the struggles I find, and I'm sure there's 99% of the people out there that I was saying, but how do you get people to get past themselves? Like, how do you get them to break through themselves and, like, let down the guards and let themselves be vulnerable? Because, a uh, perfect example, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm afraid of who I am underneath. Like, how, and with dealing with people that are incarcerated sometimes, or anybody, I don't want to just, isolate them, but a lot of times people don't want to see who they are. So how do how do you get people to see past themselves?
1: Mm, that's, that's probably going to take a lifetime for all of us, right, to sure. get out of our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that yoga is so good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use the word vulnerability, I think that's where we start. Um, I experienced in teaching in the men's prison, I had a gentleman say to me, you can't just come in here and pull all these layers off of us and leave us vulnerable. And then we've got to go back out there and it's not safe to be like this out there. And so I think that's also, you can say that about life, you know, when people walk out of the yoga studio, if they're all unraveled and they have to go have an altercation with someone, whatever, it, it can feel unsafe. Sure. And so I do know that vulnerability, as um, Brene Brown says, is going to say if you
0: read her work, ticket
1: so. to human connection. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a container that feels safe in order for people to be vulnerable. And prison certainly is not that container. But we've been able to use yoga in these big, brightly lit, dirty, dingy gyms, and we get people in a circle. Um, I'm trained in trauma-sensitive yoga, which means I I understand working with people with PTSD and and all layers and levels of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think people can start to trust that the facilitator sees them, has their best interest in in mind, um, knows what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. and is going to keep that container safe. And if and if that trust starts to open up, then people do start to get vulnerable and have just tiny conversations about I'm afraid of this, or I did this thing. Like to say that is vulnerable. Like I was wrong, is is a vulnerability. But then it invites connection, and then I I just think that's the beginning of it. Okay. And I don't have a great answer for that. No, for, I think that's great. Well, that is a great
0: answer. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a, yeah that's I want to reinforce something you just said because I have a I have a personal experience that I want to share that speaks towards that. So, one one of the Agogi events. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's a 60-hour endurance event that's put on by Spartan Race, and the 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 second Agogi event, which happened in uh, Pittsfield, Vermont, there's 100 people. And these are uh, all type A type people. These are people that they've done th- the marathons and the, and the, the, the military stuff. I and mean, we had Navy SEALs were there and Army Rangers and, and lots of type A type, very physical people. And they show up to this Agogi event, which is symbolic of the way the Greeks, uh, the Greek Spartan race... Not the race of uh, not a race of people mm-hmm. uh, trained their soldiers, mm-hmm. and you had to go through this school. But Spartan, as a company, only has sixty hours to do this, whereas you know in the real Agogi they pick a child up at age seven and bring it back at age eighteen, wow. uh, or or not, <laughs> or or they don't come back. They it's, it's arguably
0: known as the toughest event on planet Earth. Okay, so here it. we are.
2: <laughs> here we are. We're <laughs> are probably. Um, hour, let's just call it hour 20, okay? And we have been through um, dragging kayaks full of water. One of the events was we had to fill the kayaks full of water and then bring the kayaks with a team of, call it 10, bring the kayaks to the top of the hill. And whoever had the most water still left in their kayak was the team that was the winning team. And, of course, sloshing water is spilling everywhere. People aren't communicating. People aren't working. The Navy SEAL-type guys are used to working with people who are high performers. And then, all of a sudden, now they're working with a single mom or an accountant who's never done something like this before, but they're in good physical shape and they're not communicating with each other. And it's just a bloodbath. This was the first 20 hours is like... No one's working together. They're not communicating. They're just not kind of functioning at their best as a unit. And then and then I'm going to introduce this, you just said, this little five-foot person, right? We've got this little girl named Andy Hardy, who happened to be a cryptea for this event, which that's a Greek word for leader, uh, policeman kind of thing. And she... We're all just beat down. I mean, the sun had finally come up from, you know, the day before. We're all really tired. Now we're hungry. Now we're beat down. Now we, we, you know, we're looking around and some people have already quit and a lot of people have already been eliminated. And then this little girl brings us out to this grassy area and kicks our trash with (laughs) yoga. She says, we're gonna do yoga. And we're all looking at her like, really? I mean, these Army Ranger guys are like, that's what this event is? She whooped us. But at the same time, she forged us. She, I mean, I was was like, you know, I'm used to static holds and all that kind of thing, but this was different. This was more spiritual, more, okay, we're breathing, Mm
5: -hmm. we're working
2: together we're communicating, we're all struggling. Now it's the same struggle, because before, someone who is really physically fit, they can carry part of the kayak, no problem. Someone who's really good at cardio, well, they can keep moving a little bit faster, no problem. Some of the people who weren't really good at communicating were able to do other tasks, but now we're all doing the same thing, and what we're lifting is us. Mm. We're not lifting water or weight, so the bodybuilders are out, the super fit runners are out, yeah. because now it's down to just you. Yeah. And it
5: changes everything, There's so. There's no
1: competition. No. And and there is, when people start with yoga, you see competition, but very quickly you learn this is a personal sport. Oh yeah. It's you mm-hmm. and you. Oh yeah. And it is designed, the word for what you just described in yoga is tapas, not like the Spanish appetizer, but right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. like the heat and the fire is translated as heat, fire, discipline. And it's exactly what you're talking about. You go into the refiner's fire, and you come out more pure. Yeah, it burns away those impurities, whether they're negative thoughts, you know, toxic habits, um, patterns that aren't serving you in your relationships. You have to look at those. It's it's like a yoga is a mirror to me. Yeah, it's a mirror of my life, and it all shows up pretty quickly, um, as soon as you start to connect your mind and your body and breathe. It's just right there in front of you.
2: So Andy Hardy if you're listening, one, you need to connect with Denise because you are like souls. And two, yeah. you changed the event. Yeah. Cuz that sort of I think everybody who probably went to that event would probably draw the delineator line right there. That's where the event changed. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying it got easier cuz no. it didn't. It got harder, but we were if you were going to make it that was the moment to choose.
1: It event. got more meaningful, as what like your mind was connected to your body. It wasn't just this physical push. Yeah, I see that all the time. Really working with athletes. I've worked at the University of Utah for years with all of our athletic teams, and that's the thing that I see the most. They come in, and it's just such a hardcore physical competition. But you know, I've heard so many of the like football players, for example, at the end of a practice. Sorry, at the end of a yoga practice. And they did this before they were gonna go out and train, right? They want the coaches wanted them to be warm and loosened up. I can't go practice because I'm so tired now. <laughs> and and I would say, now wait a minute, are you tired or are you calm? This is what calm feels like. We don't know what that we don't know what that feels like. We know we know on and off. And yoga, you leave a class and you that's what calm and not stress feels like. Now you're better able to go out there and perform as an athlete.
2: Okay, so you're doing this in the prisons, you just said schools, you mm-hmm. just said specialty communities. Yep. Who
1: else needs this? Our next um, effort will be working with people with disabilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, we're pulling together a 200 hour yoga teacher training right now. We're looking for funding. So, if any of your listeners have grants and interest that are uh, interested in working with people with disabilities, um, we would love to create a program with 20 people with diverse levels of ability. And so, It's going to be a great challenge for me. I'm I'm envisioning that I'll have a a hearing impaired person in the group and I'll have folks in wheelchair. I I think we're going to have a very diverse group, but that's a community that, that needs this and that's very underserved.
0: Okay. So before we ask the next question, it's time for us to take a quick pause for the cause so that Brad can do that voodoo that he do. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Yoga Extraordinaire. Uh, Denise Druce and be right back.
6: We at High Point Coffee are proud to sponsor the Other Side of Addiction podcast. If you've never heard of us, High Point is a warm and inviting little coffee house just on the corner of 7800 South and Redwood Road. Our shop has easy access drive-through, free Wi-Fi and plenty of comfortable seating with charging stations good for everything from studying, business meetings, or get-togethers with friends. We opened High Point's doors in November of 2007 and have been happily growing ever since. We love what we do and refer to our customers as family because that's the way you are treated here. We don't believe that anyone should walk away from our coffee house with anything less than a huge smile and a great cup of coffee. We have a full menu of options from hot lattes to top-of-the-line frappes and delicious smoothies. We are a family-oriented establishment with huge selection for kids and any non-coffee drinkers as well. We also have fresh, delicious pastries, homemade breakfast croissants, pretty much anything your heart desires. Come see us at High Point Coffee in West Jordan on the corner of 7800 South and Redwood. We look forward to meeting you.
7: This is Gregory, owner of Lift Up Concrete, proudly serving the Wasatch Front for the last 12 years, lifting sunken flatwork for both residential and commercial applications. Only fully trained professionals lifting concrete at your residence with the same quality of material and method used at every commercial job we ever do. Don't replace it, lift it. Liftupconcrete.net, 801-792-4535. Contact us at liftupconcrete.net, or if you're looking for a complimentary quote, 801-792-4535. Again, 801-792-4535. Again, this is Gregory, Lift Up Concrete Lifting.
6: Hello everyone, this is Brad Newfeld, host of Resilience. You can catch my show every morning at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, right here on the Resilience Talk Network. Tune in to discover what it takes to overcome any challenge that you may face in life. You'll be glad you did.
1: We're back
0: with.
1: Uh, hey, folks, we're back. I'm Denise Drews. Yes, thank yes! you. She's just cutting us right here. <laughs> <in>. Let's go. <laughs> That's
0: okay. All right. So um, I think you were on on a, a train of thought. Do you want to continue that, or did you get everything answered from that, Mark? That no, you're on? but I
2: mean, wh- wh- I think the train got derailed a little bit by <laughs> we're talking about tattoos. Yeah. And, and so we were all talking about, like, what well, what, what tattoo would I get for my first one? And Bill's got this amazing sleeve going on over here. And Denise has got a couple of them. But here's the thing. What we're what we're really talking about here is, because the tattoo's a permanent change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's ink lifters and whatnot, but I mean, it's a permanent thing. It's a decision you make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that... I
1: see where you're going with this.
2: So if you see it, <laughs> go ahead and pick it up. Because I think you know where I'm headed with this, right?
1: Yeah. So how do we make this change in
2: prison a permanent change? Because here's the thing. They wanna be different when they come out. They wanna be different right now for where they are. How does that change become permanent?
3: And and can I add to that as well? Sure. And if you have a story, Denise, I'd be interested to hear maybe a story, because I've, I've had this opportunity as well that you worked with somebody that maybe wasn't the easiest to work with in the prison system. And they had a massive, massive um, eye-opening experience that really changed their lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I could tell you some really great stories about that, Um, and and I'm happy to. What's standing out for me right now, though, is it's so challenging to come out of prison and integrate back into society. And all of the people that I worked with there who are now on the outside, there are only a few who are really thriving and are who are taking these principles of yoga and teaching and, and using this to better their lives. Um, the rest are still in the struggle of survival of, you know, trying to find a job and now you've got a, a felony on your record and there are just so many challenges. So uh, it's, it's, it's what I live for. It's what I get out of bed every morning for, because I believe it's possible. For me, it's getting up higher and taking the message to people up higher that have the ability to make decisions. So that's why we're now um, working with the correctional officers. And we've created, actually, the inmates themselves created a mindfulness program for the officers, which is- Some accountability. Yeah. And so they can't teach those classes, of course, but we have set up these little mindfulness rooms down there where officers can go in and de-stress, which we all know they need. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my goal right now is in order to change that individual that's leaving prison. Yoga is a great tool and there are many other tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for that to stick and really matter in someone's life, I think we need support. From the parole officers on the outside. You know, what if they were mindfulness trained? Mm-hmm. Um, and and certainly the people that they work with inside of the prison. So I'm going after our legislators, I'm going after school administrators, <laughs> I'm going after correctional oh. officers and prison administrators to teach them these de escalation tools that give people life skills.
0: I would encourage well, you to and, I don't and know and if Eric you've ever looked
3: at connection then for her.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would encourage you to look, you know who Tim Robbins is, the actor, Mm
7: -hmm.
0: right? He's created some incredible work in the, I believe it's the California prison systems and lowered their recidivism rate dramatically through what he has done. Have you ever looked into this?
1: Not his specifically. There are a couple of organizations that are doing really great things. Yeah, he's
0: got some really good stuff. I implemented, I I was listening to him talk and it was kind of like the last little piece when I was, Putting together my anti-bully program as I listened to him talk about the way they implemented the training in the system and the way they got the recidivism rate so low with the people that they worked with I was like okay I, I knew that was I knew that what I had on tap for what I wanted to do would work based on that and it did yeah um, his stuff was really is good I don't know if they're still doing it this was years ago when I saw it and I was like oh that was good is because it was based off of what we call, it, what I call when I'm training people, R cubed, right? How do people actually learn? Yeah. Read, recite, and role play, right? They don't learn through the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. Even only one of those starts with R, right? So yeah. it's all jacked up. <laughs> but read, recite, and role play is how people learn and retain. And then if we can teach them to tune in through mindfulness, right, and those type of things, then it becomes a permanent change. But until then, it's really, really hard to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree that if you want to learn something, teach it. And so that's why instead of just going into the prison and me teaching yoga, we're teaching them to teach yoga. And, um, you know, to kind of bring back in the question that you asked earlier about um, how do you really, like, break down those barriers and right? how do you meet people and help them be motivated to, to do it? And that ties into... All, let me just tie this all together. Um, I think there's a ripple effect that can happen. So, the person Farosa Bluff, the person that I speak about in my TED Talk, um, we t- we spoke one day in yoga about your greatest teacher is the person in your life right now who is the most difficult. Who is that person? They are in your life because they're a teacher, and. There's something to learn from them, and if you kick them out of your life, you can guarantee there's gonna be another right behind them, just like them, because you need to learn this lesson, right? So she identified a person in her life that was really challenging in the prison. It was a correctional officer, someone that they butted heads a lot. It was a difficult relationship. She said, I'm gonna serve that person. And she started helping the officers, you know, saying, I notice that you've got your, your shoulders hurting. Can I give you a couple of stretches for that? Um, I notice that you've got back pain. Can I show you a few things to deal with that? That changed the whole environment within the gym setting where we were to where officers, officers started bringing water to the women when they were practicing yoga, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, it just changed the dynamic. Then one of the officers came to us on the outside and wanted, this yoga thing is really interesting to me. Can I get trained? Yes. We scholarshiped her in. She has a 200-hour certificate now. Wow. And she's a lieutenant down there, and she's working over with the men now and goes from cell to cell teaching breathing and meditation to these guys that are locked up for 23 hours a day. So where do you start? You start right where you are. Right? You start right where you are, working on yourself, give it to someone else, teach it, because that's how you learn it. And, and that ripple effect is how I see change is going to happen. That's so interesting. That every single
2: podcast we've done so far,
5: mm-hmm.
2: it has boiled down to this same quote that I say every single time. Start where you are. Mm-hmm. Use what you have. Mm-hmm. Do what you can. Yep. Everything yeah. thats so crazy that that's come uh, up. Like well, there's
0: several. There's several things that have come up. Like you, you know, you you already said it. I didn't even get to ask the question. What was your defining moment? Because everybody's got them. She had two already. that yeah. were very key. I'm thinking that we need to introduce her to Fred Ross. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Oh well, so go ahead and explain you who know, Fred is. I don't, is and I don't care. <laughs> 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 you
1: my um, <laughs> No, there's
4: a couple of things I want to say. Like one, let me um, let me reinforce what you were just th- saying there too, because I had a. My second rotation was a professor of mine, and if she's listening, I'm sorry, but she was as salty as they came. Um, By far, I got the lowest rating in six months, and when I say lowest, I mean I went from 90s to 60s and I you're
0: talking about your PA program yes you, by the yes
4: way, PA program and I'd go home mm-hmm. and I was a basket of knots every single day I was so stressed out mm-hmm. and uh, the words she said I will leave out because I don't want to embarrass myself but I told my wife I do mm-hmm. not want her I do not want to be with her I don't want to even sit across the desk from her but she's absolutely what I need right now
5: mm-hmm.
4: and it was true because it was forcing me to do something that you know I was not wanting to face or do and and so on, but second point I wanted to make is we have a, I have a friend and these guys met him recently. We interviewed Fred him here was, on the
0: show. He's a great guy. So he was
4: deputy chief of police, Salt Lake City, then became chief of police down at uh, UTA, and he has been doing things to help people elevate themselves, either coming out of prison or off the streets, for as long as I've known him. Um, And him and I have talked frequently and recently talked about an idea, which I haven't even told these guys, about, like, you have the VA. The VA is an organization that helps veterans reintegrate into transition, but yet we have absolutely nothing like that for people coming out of prisons. Yeah, they may have a parole officer, but he may be dealing with 100 people, and and what is there for them for a support network? There's nothing
1: There's nothing, and there's also not only nothing, there's a lot of pushback from the public that just would rather not have anything to do with that population. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of people who just want to lock them up and not have to even think about them. So the idea of them moving into your neighborhood, you don't even know that person. You probably don't even know what they did, but the idea of having them move into your neighborhood people would rather not. Yeah. So there's that added added piece as well. But you know, when you do your own work, you're gonna be good in the world. And that's what we're trying to help people do. And I can't change anybody, but I think in changing myself, and people see that, they see somebody who's happy and joyful and thriving. Hmm, maybe there's something about that doing your own work thing.
0: Yeah. It's all about being the lighthouse, not the tugboat, right?
1: Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, we're going to take another pause for the cause here as Brad gives us the finger so he can do that voodoo that he do and we'll be back in just a moment with our incredible yoga instructor that were. So, um, I, now I'm just afraid to even say. Denise, Denise Drews. Have you
5: ever Hi, this is Tamara K Anderson and I want to share something special with you. When our son Nathan was diagnosed with autism, I felt like the life we had expected for him was ripped away and with it, my own heart shattered as well. It's very common for families to feel anger, pain, confusion, and anxiety when a child is diagnosed. This is where my book, Normal For Me, comes into play. It shares my story of learning to replace my pain with acceptance, peace, joy, and hope. Normal for me has helped change many lives and I'd like to give this book to as many families as possible. We've put together something I think is really special. My friends and listeners can order copies of my book at a significantly discounted price and we will send them to families who have just had a child diagnosed with autism or another special needs diagnosis. We will put your name inside the cover so they will know someone out there loves them and wants to help. I will also sign each copy. You can order as little as one or as many as hundreds to be shared with others. So go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com and visit the store section for more information and to place your order. You can bless the lives of many families by sending them hope, love and peace. Check it out today at TamaraKAnderson.com and help me spread hope to the world.
6: Welcome to the Resilience Talk Network.
4: My name is Jay Walter and I'm the host of Rebuilding. Heard every weekday night from 6 to 7 p.m. You can listen in and learn how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and make dreams a reality. So listen every weekday night from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the Resilience Talk Network.
0: And we're back with Denise Druse, our resident yoga expert. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I just I had to get past it. So, uh, I did some deep breathing, you know, mindfulness exercises in the off time. And so, anyway, we're back. You found your true self. I did. I centered. It all came together for me. It was a miracle.
2: Um, that vinyasa you did during the, during the break was actually very impressive. Wasn't it? you know wasn't in it? the lingo. I, I, was, wow. I was afraid. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you, I have a little bit of a, I have a small yoga experience. Because mountain guides typically live for very long times in tents.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And we would, I mean.
0: You might want to move a, closer to the microphone small, so we can you're in hear this. a small
2: tent. And you're now waiting two weeks for the weather to clear. Let's just say you're doing uh, Mount McKinley, right? And when, when I did Mount McKinley, it took six weeks. And so you're, between stages, you're sometimes weeks yeah. in a tent. And we did a lot of yoga or, you know, you're, you're not really being, you know, getting into tree pose or anything inside of a tent, but you definitely do a lot of static holds. You definitely work on your breathing. You definitely work on your mindfulness because that's
5: mm-hmm.
2: all you have. Yeah. In, but, but you're not in that scenario. You could choose any outlet, but you've chosen yoga. So let's talk, if you don't mind, one thing we haven't mentioned at all is where did you get started with this? Yeah, that was where I wanted how, to go. How did you get into this? What made you decide, out of all the things you could choose, why yoga?
1: Okay, can I go back prior to yoga? Sure. Yes, of we course. want you to go back to we tell want, us your okay. journey. I mean, we can uh, go to here, third grade if you here's, want. here's the hero's journey. Um, uh, I danced as a kid. I was not an athlete, so I did the dance thing. And so out of high school, I got hired at a health club for women in Taylorsville. Um, they filed bankruptcy all the, yoga, all the uh, aerobics instructors quit. This was in 1981. The manager and I were the only people there, and these three very large women showed up for their aerobics class. And my manager said, I'm not teaching. And so she sent me to the Lost and Found to find some leg warmers and a stretchy terry cloth headband, threw me out on the green shack carpeting, and I had a little cassette tape, and we did some Jane Fonda. Nice. And. Um, it was so fun it was so fun to kind of dance and move like that with other people but i saw these women who walked in kind of like slumpy and not happy and that just they started to laugh and smile and be joyful and they left better than when they came yeah and in that one class i knew i wanted to do this more so i i went to college that year, studied um, health education. I taught aerobics all the way through college. So you,
2: you went from that to buying your own leg warmers?
1: <laughs> I, could, I could finally afford my She didn't my buy own them, she
2: invested. She invested
0: <laughs> she in them. Wrote <laughs> them off
1: as a tax deduction. No, at Utah State University they let me use a wrestling gym and I charged a dollar a head. And I would get 80 to 100 people each night Wow. in this aerobics class because that was the heyday of aerobics. So I put myself through college teaching these, you know, bounce around in your bare feet classes.
0: Nice.
1: Um, so one thing led to another. Eventually I opened a health club downtown Salt Lake City called Anatomy Academy. And then we opened some women's clubs called She and Company. Um, I did the corporate wellness thing, um, had kids along the way, went back and did a master's degree. And in the year 2000, I had an opportunity to do a little weekend yoga training and i only did it because i thought it would be one more tool in my tool belt i was doing step aerobics and cycling and weight training why not this yoga thing too and so for probably i don't know five years that's all it was it was just another thing i could use to get people moving but if you know yoga at all you know it moves in man it moves in and um I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2015, and that was a real turning point for me where I just, I needed the slow, therapeutic benefits of yoga. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it really, it got me through cancer. It taught me, you know, right at the very beginning, yoga teaches me that I can do hard things. And like you said, and I can stand at the edge of the hard place, but I can be soft. And I love that. That really got me through, you know, five years with breast cancer. Like, this, I'm at the soft edge of this hard place. I'm not going to let this make me hard. And so that that was just a real turning point for me to where now I still do fitness. I still teach indoor cycling classes and total body kinds of things. But yoga's my love. <laughs> yoga's my love.
0: Now, <laughs> we got, we've edge. got to expand on the 80s theme because you shared some pictures of you with was joe montana i believe right yeah. and uh um who was the other person there was there's another picture. roger craig roger craig that's right the um, running back how yeah. did now, how did you uh come across their or <laughs> did they come across your radar
1: so it, when i was at school at Um, Utah State University, there's a company up there called Icon Health and Fitness. Mm -hmm. And they, at the time, were the world's largest manufacturer of home fitness equipment. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I got hired to do a little aerobics video for them on those little mini trampolines. Oh, yeah. Yeah? (laughs) I still have a VHS of it. Okay, everybody, it's time for rebound aerobics.
2: (laughs) So for our (laughs) listeners that don't understand, she said now cassette tape, and VHS yes. these are old ways of having recorded media you might not you, you. some of these listeners may not realize that CDs and DVDs weren't always the thing No, okay, as a total
1: side note, my kids right now are using those disposable cameras and they think they're the coolest thing in the world. They're like, Mom, you can take these down to Walgreens and you don't even know what's on them until you get your pictures back. I'm like, Really?
2: (laughs) Show them a Polaroid.
5: (laughs) The kind you got to shake.
1: So, to answer the question, um, I, I was able to travel around the world with Icon going to fitness trade shows and at all like the the biggest fitness trade shows in the world all of the professional athletes are there so it was just a one minute meet but we met you know Reggie Jackson and um Joe Montana and Larry Bird and you know all the stars at the time were all at these shows and so I've got a stack of photos that's so
2: cool
0: um,
1: but carl malone used to teach spin classes at my gym that was and my then, next question i, I thought you put that
0: you shared that in a thread there
1: yeah he did he um he's an amazing athlete as you guys know and he would come over during off season and teach bike spin classes for us we had to make the bike seat 14 inches higher than it already was for him but um yeah he was pretty awesome it was fun
0: Bill, did you have any questions you wanted to ask before we take our next, our last commercial break? No, I
3: I, I just wanted to uh, connect with Denise because I had an opportunity to also be a spokesperson for Icon Health and Fitness when we had VHS and tapes as well. (laughs) Um, And this is when they were first trying to launch their online programming. And I remember sitting with some of the other athletes waiting for somebody to come online And we would just sit there and do like eight-hour shifts with nothing happening at all. Um, And this is pre-Olympic for me too, but I had an opportunity to do some of the trade shows and have my picture on all the boxes and all that fun stuff. So I just thought it was kind of funny when I saw that on your your resume of all your accolades. And we both had uh, some icon health and fitness history together.
1: Yeah, I got to be on the development team of their iFit.com, which was, as I recall, the first... Interface of like online fitness with home consumers. And they had me do a training session with um, a a writer for Vogue magazine. And she was in this little cottage in the south of France with one of their treadmills. And I was in my basement in Sugar House, Utah, and I could control her treadmill. I mean, it was like the most amazing. I, I, I can't even imagine how we did that. So that would have been 2000, 2001 or two, something like that. I I can't even imagine how we did that with the technology at the time, but it was pretty cool stuff. That is neat.
3: Yeah. yeah. And Bill- That's funny. Yeah, we were were definitely there at the same time. I just, I drove all the way up to Logan to do mine, but-
1: Yeah. Oh, cool, very
0: cool. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. You still have one of those little trampolines behind you, right? Weren't you gonna do a little workout routine for us online here?
3: Yeah, I was gonna pull out my uh, (laughs) spandex outfit first. (laughs) Do some of the, like the U.S.
2: Championships. Of I'm pretty Vegas. sure there'd be people in our audience that would pay cash to see That's that. That's right. I think we'd get some
0: donations for charity <laughs> with that bad boy. <laughs> hey, while, while you I better get some, that extra, way, we'll some extra, extra
4: duty and... heavy <laughs> bungee cords for that thing.
0: <laughs> All right, we're yeah. gonna take we're gonna take one last pause for the cause. We'll be back with Denise and let us know how to get into your world and things that we can do. You can share with us that we can do that. So we'll be back in
7: two minutes. I'm author Richard Paul Evans. 20 years ago, we created the Christmas Box House to protect and care for abused and neglected children. Did you know we've protected more than 125,000 children? That's enough to fill every seat in both the University of Utah and BYU football stadiums. Did you know we've been helping the victims of human trafficking for more than 20 years, long before people were even talking about it? Did you know that last year alone, we served almost 9,000 children, providing 12,000 days of care? That's more than 32 years of care in the last 12 months. Did you know that with more than 700 volunteers, we provided Christmas for nearly 3,000 at-risk children? Did you know that we need your help to do all this? This pandemic has been hard on everyone, but especially these children. If you or your business would like to help through donations or volunteering, we'd love to meet you. Find the Christmas Box house online and go to our website. And thank you for caring.
0: All right, and we're back with Denise Druce, our resident yoga expert. And we are so glad that you came on the show today. And this is the segment, as Mark says, that, we you know, we let you ask us any questions you might want, if you have any. Or poke fun at us in some way if that makes you feel better. If that gets the, you know, I know we put you through some torture today. So <laughs> if you have any questions for us, we'd be glad to answer those. And then, of course, we want to learn how to get into your world, bring people to you, and, and share share more of what you've got to offer.
1: Okay. Um, just one that comes to mind, Sal. I want to return the question to you. Mm-hmm. How do you think
7: mm-hmm.
1: we can help people get out of their own way? How, do, how can we help people take these things that are universal truths that everybody knows in their head Mm -hmm. are good, would be good for them, how do we inspire and motivate people to use them?
4: I think um, all of us, I think, would probably agree with this. In our last interviewee last week had a book called uh, Deliberate Discomfort or... Yeah, right, yep. And Mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest thing for anybody and that's what we're trying to with this program. Really trying to become is is really um, kind of look in the mirror and accept who you are.
5: Mm. And
4: Jason said this. You know, this is what he's preaching from last week. But I think there's got to be a safe zone. There's got to be some place where people can enter and know that no matter what happens at this moment, I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be ridiculed. I'm safe. And you know, and and my very humble opinion you know when you can give somebody that form or that space there's so much there's so many revelations that they're going to go through and so many self-awareness moments i think that that's all you can do really
1: that's a great answer look in the mirror yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful okay uh mark what would it take no, Mark. Sorry, Brett. 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 Say, he's the
2: good-looking one. I was
0: going to say he's
1: handsome. I'm not. We um, call this the
0: Ugly Boys Network, by the way. So that's, What <laughs> would it
1: for take yourself. for me to get you into a yoga class?
0: Um, oh, oh. Not much, really. I mean, Some glucosamine. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy no,
2: I mean, I <laughs> stretch Some all the time. I'm breathe. breathing
0: all the time. I'm working on meditation all the time. So we're not that very far off. Yeah. It's just... I gravitate towards martial arts because I'm, I... Like the action aspect of it, and the flow state generation, and the way that triggers my neurochemistry. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I, I. So it wouldn't take that much for me to get into one of your classes. That's for sure. I don't layers. think you
2: answered her question. You did. Let's peel the I, layers. I, I, I don't you think you do answered her question. Let's
0: peel the layers. I guess an invitation.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. How's
0: that? Does that make you feel better?
1: Maybe we could trade because I, I'm intimidated by martial arts so um, oh, maybe okay. we could trade a session for a session. Okay. Every Tuesday yeah. night at 7 o'clock.
0: Less tactical class, tactical you, class down, you can come down that, that. Yeah, absolutely. I really yeah. okay. okay, yeah, <laughs> we'll do that.
1: Okay, um, Mark, what does vulnerability mean to you?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. We've kind of all been talking a little bit about that, right? About <laughs> looking in the mirror and trying to, where your comfort zones and stuff are. I, I you know, vulnerability is I'm going to say it's the ingredient you really need for change. That's what I'm going to say. You can't change anything that doesn't that you yourself doesn't feel to you that needs to be changed. So I think part of the problem with, and, I, and this is maybe everything with addictions and, and, and people who are trying to, to, to rise above bad habits or, or cycles, is you've got to admit, I mean, what's more vulnerable than the person that, Goes to an AA meeting and says, "I'm an alcoholic," mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? That's yeah. the ultimate of vulnerability. And so, no. yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, I think what you brought up with Brene Brown's work. I think everybody should read. That. It's good. She's got a lot of really good stuff on vulnerability and and mm-hmm. um, it being the source of real strength.
1: Her TED Talk is amazing, and the one line that always stands out is vulnerability is the first thing we look for when connecting with another human being, and yet it's the last thing we want to show. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we keep ourselves separate.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and even to what Mark's saying, the typical service member takes six to nine years to admit they have PTSD or to accept it. Yeah. And in those six to nine years, I mean, there's so much damage done. With families, with everything, and so when you talk about you know being able to stand up and admit it and being vulnerable, I mean that's that's a hard thing, right? yeah. you know. That's super hard.
5: So yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, but well, I got a question for Bill. Um, do you have any advice for me on how I can um, get in and work with youth in corrections?
3: Uh, it's been a minute since you were the there,
1: question. but, you know.
0: <laughs> What's that? <laughs> he said it's been a minute since you were in Youth Corrections. I mean, I know that's a
1: passion of yours, right? You really, I know you really care about that population, and can't we get to them when they're younger and try to keep them out of the prison system eventually?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I don't have the answer for you right now. I mean, I do have a lot of great connections into that world, Um, But I'd I'd say, let's just get together and brainstorm and figure out, you know, put our our energies together and figure out how we could do that, because I I I also would love to be able to go in and just speak more to those youth groups. And um, I've been talking to another friend of mine who will eventually be uh, one of our guests as well that has a similar background that I did, that that he does currently speak to a lot of the youth groups. Um, throughout the country so we could connect with him and, and, and start start it right there.
1: I just had a great idea, Bill. So there's this thing in yoga called stirasuka which is, is talking about the yoga pose and it, it says every pose should be both strong and soft. We could be team stirasuka and go in and talk <laughs> to the kids and you could be like tough love and I could be sweet
3: let's do it I am I, all in for sure if you don't do what I say Bill will kick your
2: ass <laughs> yeah. listen yeah. to me or Bill yeah. or Bill will come in <laughs> so hey you just gave us a great segue there Bill about connecting later and, and joining up um, Denise tell us how we can how our audience can connect with you later I mean obviously no doubt you as have inspired them as you have inspired us in this room. How do they connect with you? How do they get into your world?
1: So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all the places just by my name, Denise Druse. Um, my website I have a personal website, denisedruse.com and our business website is yogaassets.com. That's where all the teacher training and retreat information is. Um, what I'd really love to ask of the listeners is to go to yogaforward.org which is our nonprofit, and consider making a donation so that we can continue taking yoga where it isn't. Um, That that would be my ask for today. Even if you could drop five bucks to our nonprofit, that just helps us continue helping people who aren't included in yoga right now, who don't have access to yoga, It helps us get it to them. So
0: let's say that again, yogaforward.org, no hyphens, no dashes, anything like that? Exactly,
1: yogaforward.org.
2: Donate or Bill will come find you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I have one final thing to offer you guys. Will you do me a favor and put your hands up like this, everybody? And do the the traditional thumb to forefinger, right? You see this all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, The thumb represents the past. The forefinger represents the future. And the place where our thumb and forefinger touch is here and now. Hmm. And it's a precious place. Like, you can feel that. You might move your fingers a little bit. We have never been here before and we'll never be here again. So just take a breath and feel yourself here in this space of greatness and gratitude. Namaste.
0: Namaste. Thank you very much, Denise. It's been an honor to have you. Uh, and with that being said, we just want to share with you that we have appreciated you being here. We truly see you as someone who is limitless, and we're grateful that you're here. And for all of us, for Bill Schiffenauer, Sal Rossano, Mark Peterson, Bad Brad Newfeld, and myself, Brett Lechtenberg, have a limitless day.